Hey, Shannon, have you heard anything lately? You know what, Tanner? I have. What have you heard? I heard that you can email your questions, your comments, and your show title ideas to poppetscorner at gmail.com. Are you telling me that our fans can actually be involved with the show by submitting their questions, comments, or show topic ideas to poppetscorner at gmail.com? That's right. Poppetscorner at gmail.com. That's spelled P-O-P-P-I-T-T-S corner at gmail.com. Submit your emails now. Um, what you got? Let's get Sherman on in here because I know it's like one thirty right now, pretty much. Stay, stick around with us. Let's get Sherman on. Sherman, come on here, man. This is your. Can this we, is your. Can we get security to let him through? Thank you. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Am I the headliner closer? You are. You are. You're the closer. He he was the headliner there. Actually, Diego was like the headliner, and he right. was, you guys are mopping up the the sweat. <laughs> Bring on the mop. That's right, Mr. Sherman Jones. Man of the hour, man of several hours. Thanks for having us. Thanks man. very much. Thank you for being here. Thank you all three of you. Appreciate it. I'm already sweating. I'm sweating like Mike Tyson at a spelling bee. <laughs> <laughs> nice man. Hey, so real quick, how you, how you doing? I'm doing well. Doing well. Keeping busy. Uh, you know, if I can if I can get your microphone to turn on, you know that'd be yeah. awesome. It's yeah, the same thing you, Dad you, does. Yeah, you, you, you spinal tap the shit out of that. How about now? Oh, yes. Sibilance. See, yeah, see? I, I hear he, myself. See, he's got it. He's I, got saw it. That. I saw the episode. Testing, testing one. I like that he got that. He Uno, dos, tres. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so what were we saying? It's for our friends in the Latin community. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really remember what I was saying before. What, what were you saying before? Uh, I was saying I was, uh, I've was. i been keeping busy doing the studio. Oh, and, I was asking how he was. Yeah, yeah o- open Monday through Friday. We're at. Where are we? We are broadcasting live out of a uh, Gardena. Yes, Gardenia. Gardenia. <laughs> Sideshow Studios. California Sideshow uh, Studios. Yeah. And uh, mm-hmm. this place famously held the uh, the uh, the botched um, the DRI show. DR show. DRI show. Yeah. Blind Olympia really? show. Really? Yeah. yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. This yeah was we're the place. eating hot dogs. That's where it was. Yeah. Okay. Interesting story. So my buddy was in town, and he was opening up for DRI, and we were talking. I said, okay, I'm going to come to Hollywood. I'm going to hang out with you. We're going to get some burgers, get some pizza or whatever. I'll drive you and your buddies around Hollywood. It was Friday night, and then I, I called him. I said, okay, man, I can be up there in about half an hour. He said, oh, dude, we're tired. We got the gig tomorrow. I said, all right, well, let's touch base tomorrow. So he called me the next day around noon, and we're talking. I said, dude, you know what? I, I don't think I'm going to go to the show tonight. You play like at 5 o'clock, and it's going to be 30 bucks to get in. I got a rush. I got, I'm coming to see to hang out with you. So while I'm talking to him, he starts having a conversation with someone else who just walked in the hotel room. And then he's all, what, what? And he's all, hey, hold on. So he puts me on hold. He comes back. He's all, dude, the, sh- the show is canceled. They're saying that there's no show. And I said, oh, well, that, that, that sucks. I said, I tell you what, if it's canceled, you call me and we'll do something for you down at the studio. And I did something for them uh, uh, back in 2012 when I mentioned that we were doing the met- the first Metal Summit. It was a band called Schizo. We brought them down from, from San oh Francisco. Oh, my God. Yeah, Le- legendary Bay Area band. Yes, they, Lance. So famously, yeah, Lance famously throws up. Absolutely. Every show. That's what his thing is. Absolutely. So we, um, But he wasn't down here with Schizo on that particular tour. <clears throat> so uh, I said, I can do something for you. I go, let's... 
get some pizza. We'll bring some of your personal friends down. We'll just do a little showcase. Like, if you want me to charge a couple bucks at the door, I'll give you the money. No big deal. I'll get you some gas, and you go on your way. She says, all right, cool, thanks. About 4 o'clock, he calls me, and he says, hey, man, you still want to do that show for me? And I was all, yeah, sure, why not? He's all, here, hold on. Hands the phone to some guy who's probably been up on some white powder or something, speaking 500 miles a minute. <laughs> oh, that sounds like Andy Ford. Yeah, hey, shout out to Andy. Big so, shout out to Andy yeah, Ford. Yeah, so anyways. Um, of Razor Radio. Yes, the man. So he says, can you do the show for me? I, I said, yeah, sure. I go, but I'm not going to do the whole show. I go, I just want the bands that have traveled from out of town. I go, that's fair. And I, my neighbors right next door had just moved in. So I said, okay, let's uh, let's do it here at my building. So I went and talked to my neighbor. I said, look, I need the back patio. And they said, okay, well, we got truck deliveries coming in. Last truck comes in at 7. I said, okay, I can get things going at 7. I have a stage in the back right behind this wall here that belonged to Katie Lang. It's now back over there. It's been sitting there ever since, covered in a, in a blue tarp. <clears throat> so Andy comes over. They check out the place. Kids start showing up. They're lining up out on the sidewalk. Line of kids starts showing up. <clears throat> I, I'm not here to browbeat anyone or talk bad about anybody's band. But we were talking earlier tonight about integrity. Integrity goes a long way. One of the the main bands showed up, and I'm not going to mention them. And I said, hey, how you doing? And everything's cool. I said, hey, sorry about the show. This is what we're going to do. We're going to do the show here. I walked them through the building. I showed them. They had the green room right over their room eye. And I said, okay, this is where all the food at. They had the food out. I said, if you want, I'll give you your own room. I'll give you your room up front. You have access to the door of the street. You park your van out there. You guys are responsible for that door. I took him to the back, and I said, okay, this is where we're putting the stage. I pointed, and I said, there's the stage. They're pulling it out right now. I go, we're going to PA. We'll get some lights out here. He stood there right next to me, hands in his pocket, went up on his tiptoes. I remember this. And he said, all right, cool. I'm all, all right, cool. He took the money, said he'd be back. They never came back. My guitar player calls me. He said, hey, man, you see on the internet? And came up saying that. The show was false, and the show was canceled. Well, I don't see how that can be. So the show must go on. We got everybody's gear ready. We started letting people in. And before we started, oh, and we had vendors here, Omega Dogs, uh, JP from Hail Death. Get the show going. I went up on the stage, and I told everyone, thank you for coming. You know, hey, you know, this is my place, whatnot. And I go, we have one bathroom. Gentlemen, please use the trough because we have women here and you know, we have to be careful of the bathroom. And all the girls that were here just went, yay, right? I, I can sympathize with that. And I also said, and I hear that the show is canceled. And I, and I said, look around. doesn't look canceled to me. And we proceeded to do the show. And that's my story with Andy and with Schizo. I don't know how we got sidetracked to that particular incident, but oh, no. we were talking about well, the sideshow in the studio and the doing gigs. Well, I, I mean, we were supposed to play that show. Oh, you were on that gig? Yeah. I didn't know that. We don't have integrity, I guess, because we didn't end up playing it. Uh, because by the time we would have got there, our set would have been over. And we had no communication f until like 30 minutes before we were supposed to go on. So it was like, we can't really, you know, we didn't know what was, was happening. Mm. So it wasn't our fault. But I oh. couldn't do that to my guys. My guys sure. live everywhere. Okay. Well, that's just... The problem that I had was... Everyone complaining on the internet, and because I guess the internet knows all. Absolutely, <laughs> it's the mighty psychic. So uh, that is what really happened, ladies and gentlemen. So do not believe um, those bands. Believe what you're hearing now, because yeah. uh, this is the real deal right here. He does not lie. 
Who, me or uh, anybody else? No, you. Uh, I try to be truthful. You know, sometimes on, on stories you can indulge a little bit, but as uh, far as the facts and bases. And, but you went out of your way to throw the show here. Well, yeah, I thought it was very important. I thought it was great for the scene, and I thought it was, uh, you know, that these people deserve the right to play. Uh, people like Lance and Blind Illusion, they came a long way. <clears throat> and the band that pulled out, I was the least I could do because I, I am a fan of their music. And it's just like, to do that, I would have rather had them say, or this particular person say, we're not doing it. This place sucks, and this isn't what we signed up for. I'm sorry you feel that way. Let's go home. But to stand there and for me to give you the tour and to say, yeah, okay, yeah. And I, get paid. Yeah, take the money and run. Wow. I, I thought the gig was was happening. So anyways, uh, you had the out-of-town bands play, Louis Seidel played, and Beowulf played. All in all, it was, it was a great show, and uh, you know, people had a good time. That's what it's all about. Yeah. My services have always been around to maybe catering to people because you know we've been doing this a long time, and I know what it's like to go somewhere and the promoter gyps you or you know they get there and they say, well, what do you want to eat? And we say, all right, well, there's a sandwich shop around the corner. We get some steak sandwiches, and they come back with some real cheesy tacos or something. So it's like, well, you know what? <clears throat> Let's treat the people the way they should be treated, regardless if it's a band or an old lady walking to a store and you have to open the door for her. Let's just mm-hmm. let's, let's just treat people with some respect. Yeah, and hold yourself to a higher accountability of you know being true to what you say. You know, and uh, you know you go to these gigs sometimes, and you know, like someone was saying, you know, uh, you're now playing at twelve forty. I don't see how that happens. The first band goes on at 8, and they start going at 8.10. It's like, you're still ending at 8.35. Well, because you don't have that guy, that promoter with the balls enough to tell the bands to get the fuck off the stage. And the problem that I have with some of these bands that get the fuck off the stage is that they they don't they don't take like the drum kit off the stage. They take a fucking cymbal out of time. It's like, fuck you, get the fuck off the stage Absolutely. so I can get on. And I, any rock star bullshit, get the fuck off the stage so I can do my set. I've been fortunate enough to the shows I've done throughout you know the course of I don't know if you want to call it a career, but ever since I've been a kid that I've done shows like I've always had you know friends or whatever that helped me out. And I say this is what you're gonna do. You're gonna watch that door. You're gonna come with me when this band ends. I need you to you know not grab the symbol. You're gonna grab the whole thing and you're gonna take it off. You know what I mean? That's the way. That's called respect and integrity. Get your shit off yeah, the stage. Yeah, you would hope dude. that the bands know this is my slot. They and don't. If I start late, I am gonna end up. I'll, it's going to be called finishing hurdle, but I'm going to finish on time. And the yeah. next band will be on time. And well, but no, but they don't. But because that's why you need a promoter with the balls and just say, "Hey, you guys came on late. Your two songs you, get the fuck." You no, know, I always tried to wonder too, like not you know, that so many words, but you know. So when you have 15 minutes, and you guys know as, as musicians, if you have 15 minutes in between, in between sets, and obviously if you got a sound guy that's there, if you're set up in five minutes. Give them an, let them play an extra song. Yeah, because you finish at, you know, eight forty five. You your your schedule is starting at eight fifteen, but at eight oh five, that other band's gone. They're off, and you're ready to go. Mm-hmm. Why not? Yeah. You know what your end time is, so why can't you start if you wanted to play an extra song or do an encore or whatever it is? As opposed to no, you want we want you to wait another ten minutes, even though you're ready. And frankly, if I'm a promoter, I'm going, hey, if these guys even finish early and they're done with their set, and and I'm ahead of it a little bit, maybe that helps. But it doesn't necessarily give every band the right to start. Before, like, 
I, what am I saying? Before the other bands even got their stuff off, like you're jumping on there. Yeah. If if it's your time, is if this is your set time, then be prepared to start at that time. I agree. But when it starts pushing off 20 minutes and stuff, and I'm not a promoter, I don't know, but I see it a lot where it's like, shit, we are, these guys are starting way later. Or if you went to go see only a certain number of bands, mm-hmm. and maybe you missed the, the first band, but you get there and they haven't even gone on yet. Yeah. It's just like, wow, it's going to carry on for the rest of the night. And that, and that's tough for promoters. I can imagine. Absolutely. Well, when there's so many, uh, people you have to deal with, like you said, a sound man or whatever, even the guy who has to come to the building with the keys, open up the, the building that lets you in, you know, time is valuable. Punctuality is important. Uh, being professional is important, but why can't you hire a guy to do that for you? Why can't you hire a guy well, you hope that, that the venue does it? You can't hope for people. You have to do it yourself, dude. Yeah, well, I think hands-on helps when you have someone who's really uh, yeah, has like something at stake, who's in, who's invested in the show. You know, when you deal with, you know, Gene and I, we can we can set up and tear down, tear down 10, 11, 12 bands a night. And that means, you know, you book 7 to 9, you know, uh, at uh, 8.50, you're getting that knock like, there's a band in here, you know? And sometimes we have to rearrange people here in the studio. It's like, okay, well, this band needs a drum set and this band needs a drum set, but they're in two different rooms. Well, now I'm switching because he's doing seven to nine, but he's over here at nine, he's nine to 11. I'm going to switch the room so that way it saves me a little time with setting up a drum set. You know? And I tell people, can you work with me? I cut deals every day in this business. I've been uh, doing Sideshow close to 16 years. Uh, Angel was talking about uh, when we were earlier out barbecuing that <clears throat> uh, must have been – Close to 16 years ago that we went to go see, it was, um, uh, I can't think of the band right now, The it was Metallica and uh, was it uh, uh, Limp Biscuit at the Coliseum and we took my van and we took like six, 16 people in my van and I didn't even have Sideshow back then, but in the last 16 years, you know, you learn how to adjust, accommodate and uh, to be firm at times, like, hey, look, dude, this is what we're doing. And you always try and be fair with the person. They always say the customer is right. I, I try to believe that, but just sometimes it's like, mm, what are you doing? I guess I got off on another tangent. <laughs> but, no, I love but, it. I want to know where this is going. I, 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 guess, I guess it deals with, you know, we asked where we were earlier. We are at Sideshow Studios in Gardena. And, you know, I've had this building for 10 years, but I've been down here in the building for eight doing hourly and monthly and uh, you just it's 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 juggling. Um, I you know I, I guess I don't stray too far from what I know. I I do know from what I'll, what I've heard all the bands talk about tonight is you know I do love playing music. Is it a pain in the ass sometimes? Yes. Do you argue with your bandmates at time? Yes. I'm fortunate that I'm in a band with my best friend, and there are times where. I think I'm the top dog, and there's times where he thinks he's the top dog, and uh, I think my song is more important. But he feels, you know, well, we did, uh, you know, we haven't done one of my songs. It's like, okay, well, it's give and take. It's like being in a relationship. But I have those arguments with him in private and not in front in front of a bunch of people, and I wouldn't say that they're they're more disgruntled arguments than an anger issue because he's my friend. And, and making music is fun. And, you know, once it's not fun, it's like, well, why don't you leave and we'll continue at next rehearsal? When it's not fun, it's time to leave. We, you guys were talking about retirement earlier. When do you retire? I don't know. I guess when you physically can't do that anymore. Um, what we do in my band, Insecticide, it's, it's speed metal and we play fast. 
and when the day comes where we I can tell you right now we may we may not be as fast acting as we were in the late 80s early 90s but we're still fast we're still keeping true to what we do but when the day comes when it's you really can't do that anymore well maybe lay that to rest i think i'll do something else because a few years ago i started doing sherman's tank which was my own thing and i had a bunch of people that were going to come in and play different guitar parts for me uh maybe i was going to play guitar get a bass get a bass player for songs i had people that wanted to sing uh i'm not a trained singer i'm not a true singer i just happened to fall in the same category as uh dennis and you uh, couldn't find the singer, so I'll do it till we find somebody, and you kind of learn how to do it, and it's like, I never claimed to be a singer, I wish I could sing like Ronnie James D or something like that, but I think it works for what we do, you know, Bob Dylan's a great singer, Tom Petty wasn't a great singer, but their voices work for that particular style, what they do, and, uh, you know, we take it as, as, as it goes, some people like it, and some people have come up to me, man, if you guys got a singer, you'd really be good, you know, it's like, okay, we were in. Uh, we took we took a Texas trip ab- about three weeks ago. We went to. We did three shows back to back. We did Austin on a Friday, Houston on a Saturday, and we did San Antonio on, on a Sunday afternoon matinee. And some people were there, and one guy came up. He's oh, dude, man, uh, I first saw you when I was seventeen, and I'm thirty now. It's like, okay, that's only been thirty thirteen years, but we've been around thirty, and it was also kind of bittersweet. We saw people there that were there the first time we went. And uh, they were already like in their late 20s and you can tell that they're just looking older and they're slower, but they're coming out. And then there are new people that were there for the first time. And we also know that we're probably not going back unless we get that call for a specific, a specific, a specific show. I was actually talking to the promoter in San Antonio and uh, we had a little private conversation in his office. And it's like, you know, we came here for one thing. We were in the neighborhood. It's, you know, coming, you know, from California, you know, Houston, Austin, it's like, we're in the neighborhood. And so you gave us a show and it's like, we didn't come here for money. So why don't you keep what you want to give me? You, you did what you promised me. You gave us a show. You gave us a back line. Our name was on the marquee. You had a barbecue for us. You had a green room for us in the back with chilled waters and cases of Lone Star. And you gave us a place to sell our merchandise you, you gave us intro music on the computer and you let us you, you let us do what we want to do. You didn't cut us off in 40 minutes. We played till we were done. And it's like, okay, you know what we need? Keep the money you're going to give us. Deceased from, from uh, D.C. will hopefully be there in 2020. You call us up. We'd love to open with them because we have a history with them from the 80s. You know, that's what we need. And those are the kind of one-off shows that we do. Uh, my guitar player says, well, you know, it is getting towards the end. It's like, yeah, he is right. You know, he we talk about having wives and there's grandkids and we have our own businesses and we pay mortgages and this and that. And it's like that's consuming and that becomes life. And it's it, it does cut into the, your your love of writing music, making music, getting to rehearsal, all, all those little aspects that come with being in a band. And it's like, okay, well, when is the end? We were in Houston, and uh, it was a benefit show for Sweet Nightmares. I'm going to plug that. That show's been around for over 30 years. One of the first places we stopped at when we went to Houston was at Sweet Nightmares. Two DJs, it was Bill Bates and Wes Weaver. Wes Weaver's still still with us. uh, He's had some health problems. He does his uh, death metal band, Blasphurian. You had Bill Bates. uh, He passed away. And probably in the last... Four to five years now, the shows that we've been doing, we kind of maybe 
dedicate the set to somebody, somebody that we've lost, someone that uh, um, one of the first ones we did, we we dedicated our set to Glenn Rambo, who was from Soylent Green out of New Orleans. Uh, we met at the Pagan Festival back in 1988 in in Dallas, and you know he he, he uh, uh, unfortunately perished in Katrina. And so one of the first shows that we started doing that was to him. When we went to Houston, uh, we dedicated that show to Bill Bates for Sweet Nightmares, even though it's different DJs now. Um, just a, a lot of different shows. Uh, we did a show with Diego uh, maybe five months ago at the Redwood, and we dedicated that one to Danny. And uh, I actually told the story. I ho- hopefully I have time to tell the story now. But one of the first times I met Danny, you know, we were talking about being at Francisco Studios. <clears throat> Danny was an abattoir. With Juan Garcia and Steve Gaines, you know, it's a very small clique if you think about it. We're all connected, you know. It's like uh, Black Sabbath and Deep Purple and Dio. They all interchange the the members. It, it's it's the same thing, but just on a short, on on a smaller scale. So Gimme and I were having problems. You know, we we never claimed to be the best players, and we were working on our songwriting. Megadeth was down the hall. Killing is my business wasn't out yet. Abattoir was next door. You had you had people like Lita Ford in the building next door and. I think I was out in the hallway and just one of those moments where you're bummed. It's like, man, we can't get a drummer, dude, this and that. You know, I was playing guitar. We're trying to do the two guitar thing. We can't find a singer. Everyone wants to do the wah singing. It's not what we wanted to do. And Danny was out there and I was just probably just singing the blues to him. He's, oh, man, just just hang in there, man. Be tough, man. And, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll get to where you want to go. We fast forward a couple years, and here we are in Toronto, Canada, and, you know, we're on the same bill with, you know, Danny is now an MX machine, you know, and the night before, I was, uh, you know, standing at, at Niagara Falls, and then to fast forward from that must have been probably eight, nine, ten years ago, we were doing this gig downtown called the Silver, at the Silver Factory, and we were with uh, Scrap Metal and some other bands, and we were playing, and I, I look out, and there's this guy there, and he's got his jacket on, his hands in his pockets, and he's like, he's doing this. I'm looking at him. It's like, damn, that's that's Danny, right? So we get done and go over there, and Danny had his um, his thyroid, so his his voice was kind of you know messed up from the thyroid. And he's like, dude, it's fucking good to see you. It's like, hey, it's good to see you too. It's like, you know, you, you take that gamut. It's like, okay, a guy that was so humble very approachable giving me advice and i'm looking up to him, it's like man okay wow you know look at that dude you know that's that's ab- that's abattoir and then next thing i was like wow you know we're in, we're, we're in canada on the east coast and and we're we're doing a gig together and then it's like wow there's danny and he's you know he's got this thyroid problem and you know he's out in the audience and then uh one morning i woke up and there was a text message on my phone and it was diego saying hey we're doing this thing at the red wolf and red redwood bar in los angeles and uh, for toy drive in honor in celebration of life of danny I was like, oh, what does it what's that so i physically called diego and I go hey well, what's this mean and he's like yeah you know he's all we lost danny it's like okay well you know what we're going so to kind of full circle ninth circle the whole deal here uh, dedicating show, so we did the show with Diego, and Diego was kind enough to call us. And said, "Hey, dude, can you guys play here?" And it's like you know, I always got to say nowadays, you know, uh, twenty years ago, it's like, "Hey, man, we're there." You know, tell tell us when. And now it's like, "Well, let me check with the guys." You know, I got to make sure. Yeah, you know, I got to make sure. Like uh, tonight, my drummer's not here because he's doing something with his old ladies. Uh, you know, with his daughter, and then you know, Gimme flew to Phoenix to see his mom. His mom's getting up there in age, and you know, they've sent me some texts throughout the course of the night. Hey, hey, how, how are things going? It's like, hey, man, things are rolling. You know, it's like. I can't wait till we get to rehearsal where I can actually say, and I was like, man, it's like, this is, this is what 
Los Angeles needs. This is this this kind of shot in the arm that that we need to like. It's camaraderie, you know. It's not high school. We're not feuding with with bands one another. It's like let's get together. Let's do some networking. Uh, there were some bands that that canceled on me uh, last not, actually two nights ago, which is Friday because we're actually in the Sunday morning. Yeah. And a couple bands a day. And it's like, and I actually w- sat back and I thought about it, and I was all, I guess I got in my little mood where I was like, I I didn't get depressed, but I just started thinking about it, and, and I was like, am I? that old or am i that out of touch or am i that much of a dinosaur where doing a, a a a podcast you know is not important to people you know compared to like actually going out and meeting people is that not important and if you step back a little bit and go back to what dennis was saying earlier about calling people out of recycler and you didn't know who was coming at your door it's like we all jumped at the chance when if someone came to a gig with a huge old camera or something, or someone showed up with a tape recorder next to them with, with a mic, and then uh, telling you that he works for a magazine and it'll be out in four months because it's quarterly and it's typed and it's stapled, you know, we 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 dove at the chance to talk to these people, and then here we are today. It's like, all right, man, we're gonna be live on the internet, man. We got Papa's Corner, can I have a fucking Razor Radio, man? We got all these bands coming down, man. It's free beer, we got barbecue, you know. That's just a- and it's like, and you can't come and, and you've known for a month and, and I, that, that's where I said I, I kind of got that feeling like am I just outdated that this isn't important we're networking we're actually physically getting next to people and shaking people's hands and you know having a conversation off conversation about nothing but it's about something am I, am I that am I that am I that antique but what I've seen and what I've heard tonight I've I've know that I was thinking completely off and you know that train of thought was wrong and this this is important and insecticide and all the bands that were here we thank you for what you do you know this is a this is a multi-mental task you coming out here coming out of work you know we've, we've been here eight hours you know and uh we're still sitting here and hopefully people are still tuned in having a good time and you of know course. and you know the booze is flowing and 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 these are memories and these are memories that we're going to have 10 years from now when we're doing something else regardless if the band is here or not and saying, "Hey, man, remember that one night, man? All we all got together, dude, and we did this." And it, it seems as 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 we grow older, in, in a sense that you know we do these things uh, after, after we hear that someone has passed, such as like Danny or Glenn Rambo or Bill Bates from Sweet Nightmares. You know, it's like then you get your accolades. You know, you're getting your accolades tonight, brother. I appreciate that, man. You that too. means a lot. You know, um, I can't do it without him. But you know, but, thank you very much for again for having us. But so, but so is everybody here. And the whole point of all this show is to give accolades to people who are kind of the unsung heroes of of this community. Like people in the trenches. Yeah, people who I feel maybe never got the respect they deserved. I always wanted to tell their story because I was like. Well, if I was ever in that boat, I would want my story to be told. Mm-hmm. Who's going to do it? There's no podcast doing this, folks. If you do a podcast, fucking do it. If you get the opportunity, do it for the, your community. You heard them. That's right. I think there's a lot of value in what you say because whether the other uh, folks are able to make it or not, the I guess the key is that who's here with us now, it's important to us. I mean, and having this venue here for <clears throat> pardon me for people to rehearse and stuff people are like building their bands as a result of a space that you offer for them when tanner was growing up it was a bitch to try to find a place for her rehearsal spot and stuff so when there's opportunities that you have that you offer a place to play whether it's an outside venue or it's inside for for rehearsal time and stuff you know i mean that community is pretty tight-knit and and i think it's important to 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 pay it back to you too that 
mean, these guys all get a chance to come in and rehearse and get ready for a great show, and and they need that time and that space to do it. So that's the thing that you provide to people as well. So I think that that's also what makes it kind of a tight group. So we're happy to showcase, you know, everybody that's here tonight too. Mm-hmm. You know, and there's some great stories that come out of folks like that we would have never heard before if it wasn't for doing things like this. Yeah, yeah, it's true, man. I feel I always tell tell everybody out in the community. It's like you need to have one person in your band at least be doing something besides playing in a fucking band because your band's shit and you need to fucking <laughs> like do something else. Like you do the rehearsal space, you play in a band. I do a podcast, I play in a band. Um, Homie d- does a record label. He plays in a band. He helps. Like, uh, there's everybody should. Okay, you press T-shirts. You p- and play in a band. Yeah. It's like we need to have all this shit for our community. For mm-hmm. like, do you know what I mean? San Angeles, fucking stony, baloney. Look at dumb eyes. Anyway, he's been partners since two o'clock he yesterday. Good. Yes. He looks good. Yes. <laughs> but uh, do you get my point? Like, Absolutely. It's like you can't just play in a band. It's not enough anymore. Yeah. It's well, yeah, and like Tony Cole, like there's a guy that okay, contributes does, to the scene as dude, well. Dude, he does art and he plays in a band. Yeah, and yeah. what band is he in? Tony Cole. He yeah. plays in a band called Fishing for Neptune. It's a funk band. Okay, but my point is, is he does something else besides playing a band. Yeah, I I think there needs to be at least one person from every band here that that plays locally that's doing something else. Like the guys in Dark Cult do like videography where they go to the shows and they video that you know people's performances. Like you need, we yeah, need to have that. I like I like hearing about that stuff too. I mean, it, it, this is a, just the social the the media part of it is is a great opportunity that no people you know we're older so we didn't no one had this before. No. So that opportunity to promote your band and and maybe stuff that you're putting out or some shows that you have going on. Shit, I mean, that was in the recycler where there were shows yeah. or or you had to look in magazines to try to find shows mm-hmm. where now it's so easily available. Maybe that's part of the reason that people just, they can they feel like they can slough stuff off. But when there's an opportunity to be presented out there, we, we try to push for it. I know Tanner and, and Andy do quite a bit of it. So, um, you know, that's why it's it's great that we have you guys on and, and, and can promote whatever you have going yeah. on as well. When Gimme and I were starting out, we would go to gigs Every night, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, if we saw a band's name that sounded metal, we, we'd go. Uh, we, we caught a band called War God like on a Tuesday night at the, I think it was the Woodstock, and this guy named Gene Hoagland was playing drums before Dark Angel. And I remember looking at him, and before the band started, he got their attention. He says, are you ready to the band? And they're all, yeah. And he counted out the sticks, and it's like, that's the kind of drummer we, we need, you know? Someone who's not just going to, you know, he's making sure the band is ready, you know, because, you know, we stand out in front. And just going just going to shows and uh, networking and, you know, meeting people throughout the course of the years. I, I don't know. I told you this on this, uh, when I came to your podcast and we, we did the thing for me. The, the first show I ever did with my guitar player, we went under the name Bloodlust. He introduced us. You remember that at Normandale Park? Wow, <laughs> and I remember Angel would walk around with with this Chinese robe on, and I remember looking at him and saying, "Man, that that's cool." <laughs> and like <laughs> dragon on the back, I'm mean, not gonna get me one of them. You know, we're we're talking like 1983, 80, late 82, 1983, and it's just like none of the bands back then. We didn't have a template or we didn't have a roadmap. We were just we we were pulling from all this stuff. Nowadays, you can get a band that just formed. I, let, let me back this up. When we were in Texas a, a couple weeks ago, we pulled in some 
liquor uh, gas station liquor store in the middle of nowhere, and these long-haired guys came out with equipment in the back. And I went up to him. I said, hey, man, what's up, man? Where, where are you guys going there? Oh, we're going to rehearsals. Like, what's the name of band? They, they were called Blood Tooth. And they're all, we're a um, tribute to Pantera. And I was like, oh, that's pretty cool. So he's all, what are you doing? I go, oh, I'm in a sex life, blah, 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 blah. And they're all, oh, we'll look you up. Just like that, right? So anyways, but the point is, they have a roadmap. Because they told me exactly what they were doing. You know, we're doing like Pantera. Back when we were starting, even when I was playing guitar, I was like, well, we only had the really big heavy hitters, ACDC, Judas Priest, and Kiss, stuff like that, you know? And then you had to go and you had to find these bands that were coming out. You had to go find a specialty store. You know, you can go to Target now and get a Black Sabbath ACDC shirt. You know, back then we had to go to a specialty store, you know, and you, you know, to get a gauntlet and buttons. But we didn't have a roadmap. We, we just did whatever we wanted to do. And just nowadays with, with the internet, you can just, you can punch in Norwegian black metal, you know, you can punch in whatever you want and you just, and you, you can, you can pull and grab from all the stuff. I think it's a great tool, but I think a lot of times I hear a lot of bands and it's like, mm, okay, there's nothing really that grabs me. You're a good player. I can really tell you're a good player, but you're not doing anything unique that really grabs me. Like, what, what, what was that? Oh, you hear those breaks? Oh, wow, that, that was a great time change. It's like, that's an interesting beat and it's occupation with, with, with the melodies of what's going on with the string instruments. It's all just kind of, you know, this is what you get. You go to a black metal gig, what do you see? <laughs> and you see the makeup. You know exactly what you're going to get. And it's like, okay, well, that's the path they take. And then you get a band that might say, okay, well, you know, a lot of the new bands that come in here that are the younger kids, you can hear an 80s influence. It's like, wow, really? If if they were our age back then, they would probably be doing something else because they've been they, they've been listening to this music that's been handed down to them, which is is that path. I think it's great, but I, I also think that uh, sometimes you need to think outside the box and maybe you know. I try not to influence myself with a lot of other people's music. I do listen to stuff, and I might listen to stuff uh, several times in a row and then say, I'm kind of done with it. Maybe get an idea and say, okay, I like the way they did, did, they did the word structure or whatever. It's like, okay, their songs really fluctuated throughout the course of the album. It was too slow and they got too fast. It was like, they just sat there and they had the computer and they just started dragging and pulling stuff. And they, they really didn't think about the album itself by saying, okay, how can we make this album flow to like where, you know, I put in the CD and it's like, Okay, and I have that luxury of having that skip button, boom, 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 and I'm waiting, and there's some intro music. It's like, I'm going to come back, and I go, boom, you know, and then I hear something that grabs my, I'm gonna grab my attention. I'll listen to it. I don't think the way people now, we talk about making albums, um, I believe there is forethought, but there's some people that just kind of just throw it out there really quickly and put the hodgepodge together and say, okay, here I go, and Compared to a band that was like maybe from the 70s or early 80s where you really, really focus, and I'm, I'm going to use this at, for a, a lack of better terms, Iron Maiden, where you took the artwork and you said, okay, you know. I remember uh, when I walked into a record store in my neighborhood, the guy said, hey, man, have you ever heard of Iron Maiden? I was all, nope, right? He's all, oh, yeah, it's really cool, dude. They, they got some new album out, and there's a zombie on it with, with, a, with a hatchet. I, I got to get that one, you know what I mean? <laughs> zombie and hatchet, I was sold. I swear to you, as God is my witness, or as fairy tale this may sound, I'm in this record stop shop, and this long-haired dude comes walking in. You know, long hair is you know right past the chin here, and he's got on a vest and he's carrying this album, and I'm I'm looking at it, and it says Iron Maiden, 
And I went and I spoke with the guy. And what he was doing is back then you could buy an album. If you had a scratch, you take it back to the record store. And they, they just give you another album, right? Hey, track three is scratch, you know? <clears throat> I was talking to him. We went back to his house. And we played the album. You know, I already liked hard rock to begin with. I already liked Black Sabbath and Led Zeppelin and stuff like that. Stuff that, you know, was mainstream at the time. But when that guy came walking into the record store and I already heard about this zombie with a hatchet, you know, I was already sold. And then you played for me, you know. And you, know, and you say Iron Maiden and they're still around today, but it's just a matter – it's the timing. You know, I've, I've, I, told, I was telling some kids here last night, uh, I was saying, you know what? By my age, I've been fortunate enough to say that I've seen Randy Rhodes – with Ozzy, I've seen Paul Diano in, and Clive Burr in Iron Maiden. You know, I've seen Neil Turbin in Anthrax. I've seen Metallica with uh, with, with oh, I saw him with Dave Mustaine and Ron McGovern. McGovney. I've seen Metallica Cliff. with Cliff. I've seen the original Venom. I saw Slayer when they wore makeup. You know, I've seen Exodus with Paul Bailoff. I'm even I'm even proud to say that I've seen Def Leppard when the drummer had had two arms. You know. And it's just the accumulation of, you know, a lot of that music, you know, has gotten from metal to hard rock, but all the stuff that's coming in between, you know, your Saxons and your Motorheads and things like that, it's like, I, I think we came, the people like Angelo and, and, and Dennis and everyone else that, as an, and older, you know, who would stay up on a certain night to hear, you know, Manic Metal or Dr. Metal or the, the Metal Hour, you know. Now you just go to your internet and say, oh, Metal, boom, here you go, yeah. and you get all these podcasts from all over the world. But I think we, we, we came up in a very uh, impressionable time where we were able to just grab everything and pave our own way where you get bands like Heretic that's, you know, you know, hey, okay, that's, that's heavy metal, you know, and then you hear another band say, oh, that's speed metal, you know. Right, you know, and you got a band like mine. It's like, okay, I don't know what the fuck they're doing, but <laughs> it, it's fast, and I may like it or I may not, because I don't understand what that dude is saying. And they have the attention span of a fucking gnat, because I, I that, that means our songs are short. It's true, but at the same time, too, man, like the internet is also um, it's a great tool. It's a great tool, and I can still do what what you said earlier, where it's like I can soak in everything like a sponge and pave my own path, which mm-hmm. is what I'm doing thanks to the internet. So mm-hmm. there's there's a couple of different ways you can kind of look at it nowadays versus the, you know, 80s yeah. days or whatever. Um, but I think each has their time and place, man. Yeah. Uh, just if you utilize the tools that are, that are in front of you is all. I, I agree. People are too lazy to fucking do anything anymore is all. Yeah, uh, I I guess I fall in that category. I I, uh, I I delegate a lot of my work to people. You know, yeah, you well, that, you, you also hustled. You got all the bands here tonight to to do this. You yeah. know, I mean, you put this together. Absolutely. I just showed up. Well, you said so, you'd be here, right? I I, I usually yeah, yeah. of course. It, if it I was, say I'm going to do something. I'm yeah. going to be. I'm going to do it. So it was definitely old school. You know, I, I picked up my phone and I looked through my rosters and I started picking out bands and I you Rolodex know, and everything. Yeah, pretty much. And I just started calling people and then I. Gave Gave everyone the heads up, and I said, "Okay, I'm going to give you a checkup call in about three weeks, which was last week." And then uh, I started calling some people today just to make sure because they started dropping like flies. But yeah, it was it was old school mentality. Here's the thing: I don't care about the people who didn't show. I only care about who showed up. The other people don't matter to me. Well, maybe there's another opportunity to do this again. Sure, right? oh, we, we definitely will. But I'm not going to concentrate on on who didn't. I'm going to concentrate on on the people I'm interviewing. Yeah. You know, like I said, we heard some great. Um, yeah, and, and if you missed things. it, then you missed it. So yeah. don't matter to me. Wanted to keep just, you busy. <laughs> I'm just doing my thing. But I want to thank you 
we're going to end this right now. Angela, do you have anything to say? Uh, you like falling asleep uh, on me. It's, Look it's, at those eyes, dude. The, so it's let like, the time show that it's uh, after it's, 2 o'clock. It's 2 o'clock right now. Let me put my sunglasses yeah, on. The, those aren't sunglasses. That's how stoned he is, ladies and gentlemen. Bar, the bar anyway, is so the bar is clear. No, the bar is open till 4, I guess now. There's beer in the fridge back there, guys. Didn't, didn't they? Yeah, I'm going to take some of that home, so I appreciate that. Um, thank you very much for... Uh, yeah, thanks for having us. No, for thanks for being us. here, guys, really. And all the bands, and kudos. Yeah. And uh, I'm hoping we could do this again. And if so, I can't wait to come back and do this. All right. We will. So, you know, barbecue. There's no pool party, so I can't say pool party. But barbecue, beer party, podcast. If you like what you see, come on down to Sideshow in Gardenia, <laughs> California. Yeah, I'll talk to him on the way home. About it's, like, it's like right, right next to the main street. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right next to the main street. Gardena, California. And you know, uh, thank you, uh, Sherman and, and Gina. We absolutely. really appreciate it. There's enough musicians in here. You guys yeah. could put together the, a set or two. We could do, do a little band. That's right. right. I'm, dude, I'm, I'm down. Got a singer. I'll play ooh, some drums. Got ooh. a bass player. Got okay. a guitar player over this here. Could be ugly. Okay. Yeah. There you go. And good night, uh, everybody. But you guys won't see it because you're not here, so we'll only see it. Cheers. Thank you. Pop, it's good night. I'm out. Good night. Later. Good morning. <laughs>